Has your local footy club had a recent clangor or challenge? Well, Amy is here to help. The Amy Clangers for Good competition is back for 2024. This year, Amy are donating $10 for every clangor recorded during the AFL season with eight community clubs in the chance to win up to $15,000. If you want your club to go into the running in 100 words or less, tell us how Amy can help your club bounce back from a recent challenge. Enter now at amy.com.au forward slash clangers for good. That's amy.com.au forward slash clangers for good. T's and C's apply. Welcome back, my friends, to this week's episode of Dylan Friends. A very special show, very big show. Been looking forward to getting these incredible humans on the, the podcast for a long time. Hugh Van Kylenberg, Josh Van Kylenberg, and Ryan Shelton. They're absolute stars. Um, I'm sure you know it already. Their hit podcast, The Imperfects, and obviously Hugh Van Kylenberg, widely renowned writer, author of, of The Resilience Project. And he's just released a new book too, which is called Let Go, which is ready to buy now, so please go check that one out. I'm sure you'll want to after this chat. Uh, I've loved Hugh and uh, his brother Josh and Ryan for a long time. been a big fan of their podcast. And if you haven't heard it already, I actually had Hugh on the podcast, I think nearly six months ago. Um, before you know everything really happened with the show, and I loved his episode. It was one of the first sort of mindsety type um, shows that I'd, I'd done, and always been really passionate about this space. But I was never really like open enough to do a show like that until until that first one, and, and the reception was incredible. So I've always wanted to have him back. We've been planning this one for a long time. It was so good to have the boys in the studio finally to to um, have a chat. So yeah, we spoke about it all, how they came together with their show, the Imperfects, what they sort of cover and go through. Um, the theme of their show is vulnerability and it's unreal. Like they're the best in the business when it comes to it. Like they talk so openly, they make incredible eye contact. They're like in the most respectful environment I've ever been in. And the mood was flowing. We were having unbelievable chats and, um, you know, they were, we were talking about a lot of things that we're all quite vulnerable about, which is the theme of their podcast and, and the theme of everyone that is successful with podcasts. I think these days people just love um vulnerability we love connection and um i definitely get that from their show but yeah a part of their show they do something called um the vulnerability session where basically they um ask three questions of of their guest and they sort of flipped it on me on my own podcast this week and and um yeah they made it extremely comfortable for me to talk about some things that i've never really spoken about before and and yeah look i knew coming into the show there was a chance that um that asked some really hard questions and it was on my mind all week and it was one of those shows where i'd been super oh, i suppose nervous even coming into it i don't really get too nervous coming into the podcast because they're normally just a chat with mates which it definitely was but i knew that there were some things on my chest that i really wanted to talk about if the opportunity arose and it did arise and and i uh, opened up a about some things that I've sort of been going through in the last six months that I haven't really spoken about on, on Dylan Friends or, or to anyone, in fact. Um, but yeah, I, I suppose to, to give you some insight, like my, my old man um, has been going through some mental health challenges over the last six months. And um, yeah, it was really cool to be able to open up to that. And I obviously spoke to my dad prior and, and gave warning that we'd we'd be discussing and he was really happy to for me to talk about it so and also is with last week's episode with zach butters it just gave me so much inspiration hearing his story um and his vulnerability of what he spoke about to to probably open up on some of the challenges that we've faced um in that time so yeah can't thank you all enough for for tuning in i really hope that someone can get something out of um this episode and and i really hope that yeah it can it can help some relationships with your loved ones or yourself or your friends or your family going forward because it's definitely helped me a lot over the last six months having you know conversations with my friends about things but i think having it in this podcast and even letting dad and you know my mum and sister and and extended family have a listen to it before 
the episode um, has even you know given us a lot of connection already and a lot of understanding of what we've all been through in the last six months but yeah there's some some awesome stories in there um josh talks a lot about you know him growing up ryan speaks about his journey through life and how he ended up getting involved with with the resilience project and hugh and um yeah hugh even speaks about what he's learned in the last you know 12 months thinking he's, he's written a book that's a national bestseller and he's written another one so can't thank these guys enough i absolutely love them they're legends and uh yeah hope you enjoy the show my name is deborah dylan's mum welcome to the dylan friends podcast many ways i've been waiting my whole life for this moment Tears. 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 Strength. I'm like, I run. She's yeah. like, everyone runs. I'm like, but does everyone go to the Olympics? <laughs> They're sitting there meditating, going, oh my God, I think I'm meditating. How do this is for meditating? It's like, they had a Wu Tang call. I was like, yo, Dylan, thanks for getting us in. Just love it's it. knuckle puck time. Yeah. It's like, it's like <laughs> Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. Yeah. Gentlemen, Josh, Ryan, Hugh, welcome to our podcast today. This is, uh, it's a collab. It is. We've never done, this is our. We've never done a collab. Yeah, so this yeah. is exciting. To for me, us. this is like when um, you're watching Melrose Place and Brandon rocks up. <laughs> it's like a crossover episode. I've never watched that before. Neither. Yeah. <laughs> no, neither. I hate those shows. Me too. What else do you hate? <laughs> we'll get into it today. We've already discovered okay. a few. Hey, boys! Thanks so much for joining us. I've Seen so fucking excited for this episode for a long time. Um, Hugh, obviously, we had an ep about six months ago. Yeah, so probably but the, but this, this, like, this episode, we, I reckon we said, yeah, or maybe a year ago we said yeah. we'd do it. <laughs> and it's purely my admin skills. It's, that's the reason it's taken so long. You're a busy man. And also, I'm, I'm, I'm also quite disorganized and not very good with my calendar. So that's also why. Well, I wasn't very good. My, I sent a message to my um, video producer today on my calendar. He didn't get it. So we've been a little bit delayed. We've just had a makeshift sort of set up here. Um, but it's, I'm blessed to have you in and to, to have the show today. It's great to meet you both first time meeting yeah, you both yeah. as well. Oh, it's so good. I mean, I'm s- trying to hide my envy of your space. Yeah. Like I'm trying to act Don't, cool, no, I'm, tell me how good it is. It's so <laughs> nice in here. Like we, our, what about the light? No one said anything about love the light. Love the light yeah. 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 Love the plants look so healthy. Yeah, I water them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like everything is so nice. Yeah. I mean, our space is really nice. Like out the, it's, it's pretty yeah. good, but like I feel shame because it's my office that we record in and it's nowhere near as good as this. So I, I don't really think anyone in the world has got an office this big. Yeah. 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 I feel like no, I'm at like... Keep going. Google. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm surprised you guys Google. aren't on Segways. <laughs> <laughs> We've got electric scooters. Of course. <laughs> <we do. laughs> They're just there. Um, the imperfects. Now, I was, I'm, I'm glad you clarified that because it could be called the I'm perfect if you didn't clarify have you have that been boy I'm, oh, per- I'm perfect <laughs> I've never thought about that so true yeah. it's like yeah is that if, what if, if it was presented as two different words yeah yeah, yeah. but we yeah. have it as one so yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah just in case there's a space there in oh, a podcast yeah. obsessed with puns I have never thought about that yeah yeah, yeah. it's very it would be very off brand for us to call it I'm perfect <laughs> yeah. yeah literally yeah how did it all come about because um obviously we've got Hugh with the resilience project that's how you know we met through all your incredible work with everyone you got your brother, who's a star. He's actually my favourite Van Kallenberg now. Um, after listening to... <laughs> I don't know what I've done yeah, to yeah, no, After listening Monica. to his episode on, on The Imperfects. How, and, and you're like, like, how did that... <laughs> you just like, looked I at just, like, now who the fuck are you? No. <laughs> <laughs> well, what are you, what are you doing here? You're, no, obviously when a you're massive When you on Rove, fan, like <laughs> I didn't want to say that, but I fucking love Rove. Like, I did love Rove. Um, love everything you've done. But this, like, connection, how did that come about? Like... 
Well, you guys were obviously born in the same family. Yeah, so we know, know each other through yeah, parents. birth yeah. and stuff. Yeah. Through having the same yours, not, yours is not through birth. No, we are not birth brothers. No. Yeah. Um, I mean, that would be an incredible twist to the story yeah. if we found that out. Yeah. Holding um, it off for season four. We'll announce it here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, so um, essentially it, the, the, our first meeting was I was just in a cafe and I was just working away on my laptop and, you, well, I mean, you can read all about it actually in, uh, in Hugh's new book, which oh. is coming out soon. Yeah. yeah, there's a whole chapter on, on Ryan, really. Really? That's, well, when I say right, it is a chapter on Ryan and our friendship. That's awesome. Yeah, I know. I can't. Can we get us stoked? What's the? Are we allowed to give yeah, a sneak peek in a new book? Uh, because, yeah. like, does that mean the old book is irrelevant now? Like, everything I learned from that, do I just <laughs> throw that yeah. out? Is that like, you just no. It's it's a good question because the the book publicist that I have is very blunt and very direct, and she said to me when I first said, "Oh, we're thinking about a second book," she said, "But." Presumably, if they've read your first book, they're happy and they don't need any more. So yeah. why is there? What's the? <laughs> oh, wow. oh, okay. Well, then we can, we could. It's, not, it's like, like it's also like a lot of confidence in your yeah. work. Like, yeah, yeah. fix it. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. no, no, no more work. Just need one book. Home. Yeah, read it yeah. again. Yeah. It's like saying to like George Lucas. Well, we had the war and the stars. Like, <laughs> what else do you want to do? <laughs> You know, oh, I reckon there's more story. All right, yeah, <laughs> fine, see what you can fine. do. But <laughs> people have already seen it. Yeah, no. Okay, sorry. No, that's right. No, so yeah, one of the chapters is about. Um, well, the book's all about the things we need to let go of in order to feel happier. Mm. I was just, I've, I a lot of people are probably quite similar, but like, um, I was okay. I was getting by, and then when COVID happened, I realised a lot of things about myself, like things I was hanging on to that a lot of us do. I think. You know, things around shame, which you've talked about on your podcast mm. before, shame, expectation, ego, perfection, fear of failure, um, addiction to social media. I realise all this stuff. I've, well, in fact, to be honest, I started seeing a psychologist for the first time in my life. And every time we'd have a session together, I had a little journal with me and I'd write notes for, and I kept realising the stuff that I, she kept saying you need to let go of that. Like, so I started like, oh, these things I need to let go of. And when the kids had gone to bed and my wife Penny had gone to bed, I would... Um, I would like study it and like read my notes again. Like I was sort of studying a study of myself. Mm. And I remember putting it away one day in the drawer thinking, well, no one can find this journal. Like that'd be so embarrassing. But the longer COVID went on, the more I thought, do you know what? Like the stuff in my journal is actually very relatable. I think people do need to hear this. And that was kind of why the second book happened. Unreal. Basically. So it's, it's the inner workings of my journal from my psychologist, which is bloody personal stuff. But I, I hope it helps people i guess mate it will it's unbelievable but the chapter on ryan really is um i used to see i don't know if i've told you this but so i lived in fitzroy about a block away from ryan for i don't know five or six years mm-hmm. and we didn't know each other but i'd see him a fair bit and go oh god there's ryan shelton i'd get very excited because i was uh, oh, sorry not was i am a big fan <laughs> so, yeah. what's changed <laughs> oh, you started doing this fucking weird mental health podcast <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and I would see him often in cafes. I'd walk and I'd go, oh, there's Ryan Shelton. You'd always be work, working on something. And, um, and I'd think, oh, oh, Ryan looks so cool. Just, yeah, just that looks cool. What a cool life working in cafes on yeah. a laptop. Um, and one day I saw him in a cafe as Archie's in Fitzroy. And I walked in. I went, I'm going to hopefully not make a tourist, but I'm going to sit near him. And I could not have sat any closer. If I, <laughs> like, I could have touched him very easily from where I was sitting. Yeah. Which, which is like... At Archie's, like yeah. that's—I mean, pre-COVID, you yeah. you do sit very close to yeah. the yeah. people. Like yeah, I could have chosen a seat on the other side of the cafe, but I did. Oh, yeah. Anyway, and we just started talking through. We just had a conversation there. I think I—I I think I said what a big fan I was, 
you know, every now and again, someone will say something really lovely like that. But um, what's, what struck me about it was when I asked Hugh what he did and he explained what he was doing at the Resilience Project. I'd never heard of the Resilience Project before. And he told me that and I was like, oh, whoa. You know, all of a sudden I was like, oh, well, actually I'm, I want to find, what do you, what, tell me more about that. Like that was really interesting. And, and we had a, like a little mini conversation about it. Didn't last long. And then we awkwardly went back to our own lives, thirty centimeters apart. Um, but I, I also took. A, I also said, do you, <laughs> "I think I can't remember the wording exactly, but I think I said, oh, do you mind if I grab a photo? I think my, I think my girlfriend, my wife now, would really love it.' <laughs> yeah. and, but it wasn't. Fair. It wasn't very. <laughs> <fair. laughs> yeah, nothing to do with it. Well, so and so then, um, you know, then we sort of bumped into each other a few times around the yeah. area. Um, once was right outside Ryan's apartment and I didn't realise that's where we were and I was like I was creepy. I had my back to your front door and I was like gee yeah. you're really hanging around for a long chat here this <laughs> yeah. is awesome but you and, and you had like this weird periscope um, <laughs> device which I don't know why you had that um, recording equipment <laughs> um, and lube <laughs> um, yeah strange box of tricks <laughs> Uh, you don't anyway. judge. Yeah, I just no. oh, everyone's different. Good for him. <laughs> um, and so, and so then, like maybe like a year or two passed. It's like maybe three years. Was it maybe three? Yeah. yeah. And I, in that time, then I, I went through my own like kind of whether you want to like enlightenment, yep. in awakening of of some sort, or the beginning of what that turned out to be. <clears throat> and it, and I read, excuse me, I read the book. Uh, the courage to be disliked, which, you know, I, I mean, lots of things have kind of changed my life in the last three years or so, but that book feels like the, was one of the first things that like really, con- I really connected with it. It was the first time I'd read something where I was like, God, everything in this book I just want to be able to take all the lessons and teachings from this book and apply it to my life. And if I can do that, I just know I'll be on a way better path. Not that I was necessarily unhappy or anything, but it, it was just ticking all the boxes mm. for me. And I remember thinking, remember thinking, God, I mean, it would just be great to have like a place that I could go to every week and someone just talks about all the lessons in this book. And then so it's like constant reminders. I was like, that would be great. And then I was like, oh, I guess that's why people would go to church. Like, I was like, oh, that's religion. That's when people, like, connect with religion. Like, that's what that is. So I kind of had that moment and, and I started thinking uh, about, like, my own life. And I started thinking, like, what am I, what am I really doing? Here? Like, what am I doing? And, like, I'd done some really fun things and things that I was proud of. And, you know, I'd, I was on Rove, which I was a huge fan of, like, before I was on it and you know I got to be on radio with with friends and work with my friends on on a bunch of different shows and and I'd had like you know quote unquote like success but the thing that I'd always really wanted more than anything was to have my own tv show that I would write and I'd be the star of and people would think I was brilliant and I'd win the Logie and fucking whatever you know that was like always the thing that from when I was a teenager that was the thing that I always thought, well, that's the thing that if I get that, then I've made it and then I've achieved my goal and I'm happy and whatever that means. Hadn't really thought about the happiness part of it. I just thought about like, well, that's what I want, I guess. That's what anyone like me wants. I want a Seinfeld show, you know. And so anyway, so I'd read this book and I was with my girlfriend at a 
at a restaurant uh, in Dalesford actually. And, and I was just thinking, I was like, I was like, I was like, I'd spent like years pitching different shows to people writing scripts, developing ideas. And I'd gone through like three or four different ideas and nothing had ever come from it. And I thought, okay, well, if that's what I really want, I've put a lot of time, mental energy into these, into getting this TV show. I probably should think about how I'll feel if I get it. And if I get everything that I supposedly want, everything that I think that I want that will make me happy, how will I actually feel if I get all those things? So I kind of did this this like for the first time ever tried to kind of visualize myself having achieved those things and this is coming from having read this book the courage to be disliked so just sitting there I was like okay what do I if I'm really honest with myself what do I want at like the best case scenario like dream big think what's best case scenario so I thought best case scenario is I win the Emmy for like best comedy of the year and I'm on like the front cover of the LA Times or whatever um, as like comedy genius Shelton does it again yeah. <laughs> or something like you know whatever the fuck it says <laughs> big photo of me essentially that's that had not that I'd ever thought that I'd wanted that but I was like well I guess best case scenario that's what I'm working towards here I want people to think I'm brilliant and so I thought about that thought about like really visualize myself on the stage at the Emmys accepting the award from Will Ferrell because he's a huge fan so he'd yep. want to present <laughs> all of you. Um, and Jerry Seinfeld on the front row yeah, standing ovation. It's like you've done it you're brilliant <laughs> <laughs> I love you I'm Jerry Seinfeld <laughs> and, and so I thought about that and, I, and then I thought and I was like okay I'm there I'm on the stage and I was like fuck I don't care like, I don't really care. It was this, it sounds weird to say, because of course I would care. Of course, of course that would be cool. But for the amount of weight I'd put on it, I just didn't really give a shit about it. And I was like, well, that's a bit of a problem. If I'm doing all this work for this thing and I'm not actually going to care about it when I get, if I even get it, then what am I even doing? Like, why am I doing this? And it was just this real big moment of like, I'm I'm, I'm going for the wrong thing here. And, and, I, and I was like, what do I do? What do I do with this? The first person I thought of, this is years later, honestly, the first person I thought of was Hugh. I don't know why. I think I, think I was like, I need to speak to someone um, who's not just who I, who I didn't think was just going to say, oh no, don't worry about it. You'll be, you know, you, 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 you'll be fine. Don't worry about it. You just do the show, blah blah blah. Mm. Someone who wasn't going to brush it aside. Someone who was also non-partial, like non, like unbiased. Mm. And because of what Hugh does, um, I, I felt like he was a safe space to go into. So I literally messaged him on Instagram and just said, "Hey, do you, would you be up for catching up?" like catching up for a coffee. I said no. I said no. Yeah, <laughs> flat out. Yeah. And I said, you fucking know where your bread is buttered, mate. <laughs> <laughs> no, so, so he, and then he wrote back and, and he said, yeah. And so I caught up with him and I sort of told him all this, mm. like told him where I was at. And I think you're a little bit shell-shocked. You're a little bit like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> we're just going to be, we're just going to be surface level frenzy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, um, but he was great and spoke to me about Ben Crow mm-hmm. 
and about like purpose and about like how Ben who, who you've had on the podcast, yeah. haven't you? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So you talked about how Ben had helped you, mm. you know, with your sort of finding mm. meaning and purpose. And I was like, oh, that sounds interesting. And and then you, t- oh, then I think you also said you should read Andre Agassi's book. Mm. I think you said you should read Open. So I went and read Open. And have, have you read that? I haven't. So it's essentially like the bigger, um, higher stakes version of what I just described but he got it he got to the pinnacle he won Wimbledon it's a long story short he, he gets everything that he supposedly ever wanted and doesn't give a shit so I read that book and I was like okay this is clearly a common thing for people so then I met with Hugh and I said I said oh do you reckon because you described Ben Crow as someone who um, meets with like big athletes you know coaches athletes and ceos and like you know consults with people like important people so immediately i'm like well i'm not one of those people but i said i said to you i said to hugh i was like not that hamish you know hamish blake who's good friend of mine worked with him for a long time known him since high school hamish is very curious obviously really successful and talented person but i was like i reckon hames would be someone who'd be really interested to talk to ben just from a curiosity point of view so I said, do you reckon Ben would be up for meeting with Hames? Like, I haven't asked Hames yet. He might not be interested, but I think that would be a cool thing to surprise Hames with, you know. So you went and you asked Ben. Yeah, I asked Ben about and he said, yeah, happy to. But do, do you think Ryan would like me to meet with him? <laughs> and I said, uh, come to think of it, definitely. Wow. And he goes, oh, I'll just meet with Ryan then. Yeah. So and I told you, and you're like, well, what do you mean? Why would he want to meet with me? <laughs> you're so shocked. Yeah, I was like, what, what? I'm only me. Like, why would he want... <laughs> Why would, he meet, why would he waste his time, genuinely? Why would he waste his time wanting to meet with me? I was like, of course, I'd love to. So I met with him, had a coffee for an hour, like he does. Changed my life. Life changed. Next. Life changed. Didn't get the jumper grab that Hugh got. Um, um, yeah. Hugh got the, the, the lean across the table and jumper grab from Ben. pretty awesome. Um, yeah. Didn't get that. <laughs> All good. Yeah. Not bitter. Um, and, but he, he spoke to me about like Brene Brown, about shame, about uh, vulnerability, about purpose. Sent me on a little path and got me to think about that. And really quickly, um, really quickly, I figured out what my shame was. And why it was like holding me back and thought about purpose. I won't go into that because there yep. you can, if you want to hear more about that, I did a whole episode on, on our podcast. Yeah, I've listened to that. About that. Yep. So, so yeah, so that's essentially how we met. And then when I told Hugh my story, my shame story, um, that's when Hugh was like, I reckon we should do a podcast where we get other people who have got their own story to share and, um, and we should host it together, is what you said. Yeah, but then we realised pretty quickly that we needed someone to do all the technical stuff. And I thought about Josh. But it, to be deep down, I was thinking, oh, my God, Ryan Shelton and Josh Van Kallenberg are going to love each other so much. I yeah. can't wait to introduce them. <laughs> and it was almost like an excuse to introduce them. And the first time they met, we met at the pub in, we met at the pub in the Napier. And, Josh, you were coming off it was like a, a four-day... <laughs> Yeah, I've just met Josh and I've, we've already spoke about two benders that he's, <laughs> okay, I, I, he's already he told me one before you guys were here and now there's another one being brought up so I'm get this guy away from me it's not, a, it's not an accurate representation he's a lovely response I'm getting a real bad rep because yeah, yeah, yeah. you mentioned no, this the other day we're joking, obviously. <laughs> no I think it was like it was after Golden Plains or Meredith or something like right. that oh, same yeah. time 
Dif- different occasions. Okay. Different, <laughs> different, different kinds of yeah, okay. yeah, I only have one bender a okay. year. Okay. No. Um, yeah, and so, and, and I really didn't put a very good... Your body was there. You, you but yeah, there. but I barely <laughs> spoke for oh, I know. And I was yeah. also very nervous because I'm like a huge fan of Ryan's work. Mm. I still am, as opposed to Hugh, who... <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> um, and yeah, so I was naturally nervous to meet Ryan and also not... I had about a quarter of a brain, so I didn't really... Yeah, didn't put a good foot forward, but I think which they did, had which, no which, one else to do the technical stuff, so I got the job anyway. How good. <laughs> yeah, but that, I mean... You obviously felt that, but it didn't come. It didn't come across like that. I was just like, "Oh, this is Hugh's boring brother." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> well, that's awesome. That's good. Yeah, well done. But then, but then when the podcast started, it was just Ryan and I were chatting with guests, and then Josh was in the background setting stuff up and would say stuff that was really good. And I think, God, oh, that was. We really need. You should have a microphone. It took us, I don't know, four or five episodes to organise that. But then eventually, Josh got one. And then, I mean, you heard his episode the other day mm. where he talked about. Um, heartbreaking thing that happened to him when he was at a party another again another episode out <laughs> drinking again uh, <laughs> when he was his favourite younger um, but uh, yeah and then he seems to have become everyone's favourite person and has like a, 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 a reputation now of asking incredible questions happened yesterday we recorded an episode yesterday the person we're interviewing they said oh what an insightful question. How good is that? Yeah. And I was like, oh, I'm Josh, you <laughs> good. Well, I, I applaud you for that, but I also, uh, just so you know, you've given, you know, our producer, Sam, a lot. He's like, well, <laughs> well their producer has a mic now. Like, yeah. Does that mean, does that mean, I like, does that mean I get a mic? He definitely needs yeah. a mic. So, yeah, I think uh, we're going to yeah. have to start. Would well, you want to audition with an insightful question now? <laughs> yeah, so really we can see if it's a good question. Have, <laughs> hey, before we keep talking as well I can't not bring this up because we have spoke about how famous Ryan is and obviously he's done a lot of incredible things in his life okay? oh, we, can, we can stay with it if you will stay with it <laughs> we will yeah. but I'm sure because you have such big impact on people you would remember every occasion surely uh, you mean like person to person yeah definitely you would uh, yeah yeah definitely well I'm uh, going to take you back oh, no. to a time Jeez. when <laughs> you, you were touring uh, I think it was in Victoria you with, with Hamish and Andy and you spoke uh, you went to Ripon Lee Estate and you were filming there for okay. Ripon Lee Estate you obviously remember that yep and you would you would definitely then remember Mary that was at the Ripon Lee Estate who mm-hmm. she was taking you guys on the tour it was a massive event Mary Bonzo you would remember oh, her Bonzo Bonzo and, Beauty yeah Bonzo Beauty and yeah. you had a phone call with Mary's son who was a massive fan of yours and you got on the phone which you remember yeah and he was a young fan young boy massive Bill. fan of yourself his name was Sam, so it's not me. Uh, <laughs> oh, Sam's grown up now. Oh, <laughs> Sam's grown You're up. You're the Sam from the phone call I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> Sam's grown up. That's Mary's little boy. That's oh Mary Bonds. That's him. What? Wow. So All how old these years. How old were you when that happened, Sam? Um, it would have been 16. You might need to reiterate through your mic. Okay, yeah. you were 16. 16. So you need a bloody microphone, Sam. Yeah, he needs, yeah. One. <laughs> he needs a microphone. That's big Sam. Are we about to hear this or see this now, or is that what you No, no, oh. that's oh. him. That was just the phone right, call. Okay, I'll big Sam. You to be honest, to be honest, I genuinely do vaguely remember that. Like, yeah. I, I do I do remember that. Yeah. Yeah, because it doesn't happen often to me. <laughs> I'm not getting lots of those at moments. So, oh well, I hope it wasn't so, too disappointing. So, you, uh, you don't have a microphone, but but he, so he said you, you were brilliant. Yeah, that my seat? Okay. yeah. <laughs> yell it out. Amazing. So, so your mum worked at Rip and Lay Estate, and and you're a big fan. So you said, and, she, and obviously, your mum knew that Ryan was coming through that day, and said, Yeah, yeah. She said, you know, Ryan's coming through with the crew. I think um, I can't remember who else was there, but. Some of the other Rove crew, you were doing some skits there, and um, 
Yeah, and she just called me. She goes, I got Ryan. I go, fucking hell. A lot yeah. of posters on his wall of, yeah. of you. It was a bit weird as well. So uh, Posters? Yeah. Well, I, well, I went to St. Leonard's. Ah, Hamish Alumba. and I went to St. Leonard's. Yeah. Oh, okay. Alumba. I was in um, Mr. James's. Oh, Bernie. Yeah, there we Bernie go. James. Wow. There we go. Wow. Old time. So we, that's Big world. Sam. That's Little Sam that you... <laughs> big Sam or Little Sam? I know what? both. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, lovely to see you. Speak to you again. Oh, shit. So, hey, big theme of your show is obviously... Everything really resilience opening up. You got the vulnerability. vulnerability. Mm-hmm. You got everything. Um, Josh, can, can I? I hope this is an awkward Josh. Yeah, yeah. Josh has got. <laughs> <laughs> well, but can you get naked? Yeah, get naked. <laughs> we, it's not the first time I've been naked here. <laughs> I, it yeah. depends on what episode Dill listened to because I have a feeling we spoke about it before. It's a different episode. Yeah, than what episode did you listen to? Fitness. Oh, okay. How okay. fucking vulnerable are you? You've done. You've We've done two. Okay. So yeah, yeah. Vulnerable another beast. One. Yeah. 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 Well, Josh just did this episode, which that, that was where it became apparent that Josh was the, was the actual talent on our podcast. You sent and it me was, the wrong one then. Did I? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's your fault. Okay. So there's another episode where Josh was, <laughs> oh, you would have been 21, 22, just yeah. met his now wife at a party with her friends. Um, in fact, you tell the story. your story. Yeah, I. Had just met, yeah, my now wife. We're at this party. I didn't know anyone except her. We'd only been going out for like weeks at this stage. I'm already getting and How's um, this for a story? This is this an amazing yeah, story. I was so nervous and just generally like trying to be cool. And um, it was a dress, well, I was told it was a dress up party. So I dressed <laughs> up. Um, <laughs> it's just the worst start to a story. Yeah. And I got there and no one else was dressed up. Uh, but I was, and I was dressed as luckily. I was dressed as like a kind of 50s James Dean thing. So it was sort of, and it turned out to be a really art, arty crowd. So they just thought, uh, they were like, cool jacket. This and they just sick. thought I was like pretty cool. So I managed to dodge the first bullet there. And then we were standing around a fire. I was just having a beer with like about eight people I'd never met before. Soph wasn't there. She was off with her friends. And this guy reached across and he saw that I had like a little note book in this jacket and the guy reached across and grabbed the notebook and I my heart just like sank and I knew at that point I was in a band and trying to write music and I knew they were lyrics that I'd been like workshopping and trying to work out I fucking hate this guy already yeah oh yeah so he grabs it and he's it was me (laughs) (laughs) it was Sam (laughs) Um, yeah and he's like what is this and started flipping through it and he started laughing. He's like, oh my God. And I panicked and I was like, oh, I don't know, this is my mate's jacket. I just borrowed it because I thought it was a fancy dress thing. And he was like, I think these are like poems or lyrics or something. And he started reading them out and everyone started laughing. And then they handed the book around the circle and everyone had a go at reading a page and taking the piss out of it. And it came back to me and I... Just had to play. I'm getting like nervous thinking about yeah. it. I, had to, I just like was like, well, I've got to play along. So I ended up like reading out my own lyrics and taking them piss out of myself in front of these blokes. And I told this story on, um, on the podcast. And um, I thought Hugh had sent you that episode. And I was rummaging around last night. <gasps> oh, my God. He's, and just, I he's, he's just produced a notebook. Is that the actual notebook? That's the actual notebook. Wow. Josh. Oh, Fuck! <laughs> <laughs> I feel so special. This is like... Can you hold like, up for the camera? Call the Smithsonian. <laughs> like, this needs to go into a museum. Call the one? What is it? And the I had planned that like, I would potentially read some of it, but I read it this morning and I'm still too 
Okay, oh, you have I'm to sorry. read some, man. Oh, oh. I mean, sorry. I, I listened to a lot of your podcasts this week and vulnerability is a choice. Yes. Yep. Force vulnerability doesn't count. Does yep. not count if yep. we force it. So no. do it if you want. Yeah. <laughs> Knowing it would still, make great yeah, content. No, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't know. Like, I think is it best like kept a secret? I well, I just, I just think interested. you need to be prepared for us to take the absolute shit yeah. out of you. Yeah. <laughs> Can I just ask something there? Like, yeah, with that, wow. And I suppose, like, in, in all vulnerability and in just life in general, like, you look back at that moment, and it's extremely like embarrassing. You, you know, mm. you said it yourself, it's embarrassing. But you look, you could probably look back at that now, and I'm, I hope you do, and I'm sure you do how like proud of yourself you are that you actually did that like in terms of you not not the way you reacted to it sorry mm. but like you were actually writing your own lyrics you were doing these cool things like do you look back now and you're like well, oh, that was well cool. the, i think that the sad i guess the the everlasting tragedy well not tragedy it's not a tragedy but for me personally was that i never really tried to write lyrics again fuck because I was like, I, I wrote a lot of music and I was in bands and still am in a band and happily write music and melodies and stuff. Mm. But um, I just never had the confidence to try and write lyrics after that point. Um, and I, I was actually talking to some uh, the guy who I'm in a band with who's a singer who does write lyrics the other day saying I want to start again. Awesome. So I've had a kid. I feel really happy, content. And for many reasons, the podcast, just many things, I feel just like a completely different person like it's, fit, well, it's like 14 years ago 13 years ago something like that so i'm such a different person i'm like i should really just just for the pleasure of writing try and write some poetry or write something and just see what happens um just for my own pleasure and try as a completely new person now really That's awesome. oh, love yeah. that man the oh, weary the band's awesome. called the weary w-e-a-r-y the That's, weary yeah if you want to look him up i can't oh, definitely you got that notebook how I did you find really, that i I had a mem- yeah, I was going through an old box of stuff about a year ago and I had this memory of thinking, I think I saw it in the box and just kept going. And then, um, yeah, last night I was like, because I thought you'd heard that story. I'm like, geez, that could be quite entertaining to read out some stuff. But then... Have you looked through it? I have. How do you feel about it? It's pretty you don't have to if you don't. So how, no, you so, definitely so how old there is could this be some book? real fire. What's that? Yeah, exactly. like, I'm actually, I, I'm, I've got more confidence in you than you think. Like these can be some real. Yeah, <laughs> how old fire. is the notebook? Yeah. The notebook is. It would have been 2010, so it's so, 11 years old. So how old were you then? I was about 86, so 24. 24. Yeah. Yeah. There's a few at the start that are just all right. Um, Telling me the train's departed gives no rest for the brokenhearted. An empty station, windy and cold, is a lazy soul content to grow old. Whoa. That's awesome. How can you count? That's awesome. (laughs) Yeah, but you can can so understand how, like, a a (laughs) 24-year-old... But, like, you know, some douchey 24-year-old or douchey any age person would just, like, doesn't matter what it... You know, it could be, like, Bob Dylan. Mm. And they were going to give it shit before they even read it. 100%. Yeah, because it's the game. Isn't it even as true. well like with anxieties and, and whatever we're talking about here, like someone, you know, I could tell you one thing I'm anxious about now and you'd be like, that's the stupidest thing ever. Like mm. that has no thing, or you might agree with me. But like, for example, last week, um, a massive insecurity of mine and a massive, massive anxiety of mine was shave my head. So like ever since I was a kid, I was just bagged about having a big forehead, like receding hairline, like all these things. And it's funny mm. as fuck. I get it. I do have a big forehead. It's actually quite funny. Like my mates would rip into me. Mm. But it was just something for me where like I was not insecure about anything but that. Yeah. 
I and feel then, like I feel like right now it's like when someone says something about something and I you just can't like, stop looking. I, I just want, <laughs> yeah. No, I don't, I'm just keeping eye contact. Yeah, like, yeah, I don't want to look like up. Very big. I, I did the opposite. I was yeah. going, yeah, yeah, okay, I don't yeah. know. But <laughs> like yeah. for me, it was like one of those things that people could necessarily say, oh, that's you know, that's nothing, you know, get over it. But that didn't make me feel like yeah, it was yeah. any less. Mm. It's real for you. It's real. Yeah. yeah, and it didn't literally didn't. I didn't move on to that. And again, listening to the podcast last week about levels of vulnerability and like, you know, there's some big things, there's small things. This for me was like shaving my head last week for my mate who had chemo. So it was a reason to do it. And I was mm. like, fuck, you know, I've got to do Sam this. Doherty, Sam Doherty, yeah. who's going through chemo. And I don't think anyone would have known like how fucking hard that was for me to do. But mm. like, I look back now and I was like, that was, you know, maybe what we'll get into later is a lot bigger story. And you'd think that that's harder, but this was nearly as big. Mm. Yeah. yeah like mm. I get it what you're mm. saying about those lyrics then like for us they're incredible lyrics I love them but <laughs> I can imagine how hard it is for you to like read it out if that makes sense yeah yeah it's and weirdly now I've done it it doesn't feel that big either. yeah well, yeah exactly this is still big but it feels better you it know feels, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it feels okay it feels like a, like oh there's no, it's not shameful mm. yeah. it's really nice I really like those lyrics love yeah. them yeah and on your forehead I, from, I'm not making this up I thought already When I first saw you, I wish if I shaved my head It would look like that Yeah No, no, no. I did Yeah, I did think that Thank Let's you Let's do it <laughs> Let's right. see what happens right. He won't look like I'm that actually that's what. <laughs> Yeah actually it's funny We've got it out But yeah It's crazy like, As soon as you were saying that I was like fuck That's exactly how You know people say like That's awesome But it doesn't take away Until you I don't know Keep practising the vulnerability of doing it. Yeah. It's addictive, like, isn't it? It is. Yeah. It really it is. is. Because it's, it's not addictive. like, I mean, like whether or not we all, like if we all say, well, I think, whether or not we all say they're great lyrics or not, that doesn't really, it doesn't yeah. really matter. No. I don't think it's more just that, I mean, that's huge that's for you to read the, the book, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> but like that's huge because it's not, the quality isn't necessarily, it's more just like what you think will happen once they're read out Once again. Once they're read out. Mm. And then to like any sort of vulnerability, um, you all you can think about is like the worst case scenarios if you read it yeah, out. Yeah. And then when you do it, very, very unlikely that's actually going to happen. Yeah. Like there was the time, like there was an episode, we did an episode when you was, you started talking about how you would take what you called hair pingers. Oh yeah. Cause I, t- I take hair pingers to make my hair not you got the You got the finasteride. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I want to do that. Yeah, you don't, um, you don't need to. But yeah, but I should do that. But I, yeah, I um, no, like I think the hair loss thing is so fucking. Yeah, well, would play to my mind a lot. Like, yeah, yeah. It really did. Yeah. Oh, so like we're doing this episode. Mm. Hugh's Hugh's talking about this, and my heart's just racing. Yeah, as, as I'm listening, I'm like, fuck, and. And then I just sort of say, it's like, well, you know, I'm on this podcast. We've got to fucking model vulnerability here, mm. and then I t- and then I just sort of said, I I, I take I take them as well. I hadn't told anybody. I'd been taking for I've been taking them for like years and years and years. What did I say just before? Yeah, Beautiful. when you left yeah. to go to the bathroom. Oh yeah. When I left it, when you left to go to the bathroom, I said, "Man, I love how thick Ryan's hair is." Yeah, I, I mean, love it. I, I would. So <laughs> I, <did>. I, <laughs> I would like, say that. <laughs> yeah. So, I, but I had that same yeah. fear that you had about reading out those lyrics. Mm. I had that like to anyone else, like who fucking gives a shit? I'm yeah. thinking, you know, it doesn't yeah. matter. But to me. It was like this great shame secret mm. that if people find out, it's like embarrassing. Yeah. And can we, can we be very clear and just give directions on what the, the drug is? Because it's the most inbox message I get. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. One of the so, hair tablets yeah. are on. So yeah. Yeah. finasteride. Finasteride, yeah. Finasteride. Yeah. You go to yeah. your doctor, you go say, your doc- go 
they go, go to bald and they write your script for fast. And you can get some um, serum as well, I think, for because. Not that I've done any research into this at all, but like, uh, <laughs> it's, this is common knowledge, obviously. Yeah. But like, the finasteride tablet stops the hair loss. Yep. But then the serums regrow the hair. That's it. So you need to, oh, apparently. I don't do this. Yeah. I don't have the serums. Yeah. No, I don't know. But it's, but it, it's amazing. It. You don't need yeah. it. Well, why. I probably don't need it. But, yeah. but like, what's, what is the, the point of me telling that is that after I told it, because like the things that I would do to keep it a secret, I would travel. Um, I would drive half an hour, 45 minutes to the same pharmacy yeah. to get my finasteride because for whatever reason, I didn't want to like um, risk word getting out yeah. to other pharmacies. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, for some reason, I was like, I was like is, um, is Shane in today? Yeah. <laughs> like, as, if, as if like Shane was keeping my secret, like he doesn't care. And, and then as, but as soon as I said it, I was like, it doesn't matter. Yeah. And the amount of messages I got about that, like what Hugh just said about like, what was it? You know, I want it for me. I want it for my boyfriend or whatever. It's, it's constant, still coming yeah. in. And you realise it's like it is such a common thing. Not something Josh has to worry about. No, <laughs> no Josh, you've got great hair, man. I, but you can fall like, I, I'm not balding, but... Oh, I, good on I you. thought. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah, okay. Awesome, man. Yeah. Cool. Tell us more about it. <laughs> <laughs> that was just for people who don't know what I look like. Um, but when I was 19, I thought I was, and I panicked and got in a shame cycle about my hair, and I took those something. Because you would have seen my hairline and go, I'm heading oh, I'm Yeah, heading and so I took yeah. them for like a year when I was really young, just mm. purely out of panic and shame and, and um, oh, nervousness. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, when I. I um, I want to tell a story quickly because I was going to write it in the book, but it got cut out. I don't know why the publishers didn't like it, but Bonus. I was my, my first day of uni, like I'm quite nervous about, I didn't know anyone, new friends. I sat down in this lecture theatre and there was a group of about seven or eight girls that sat directly behind me, but sorry, a little bit to the left, sort of just off the side, just behind me. And I was looking at them going, they look like nice people, maybe I'll be friends with them. I'm getting quite nervous, like, oh, how do I turn around and start a conversation? What do I, oh God, this is making friends. And then I heard one of the girls go, oh my God, look at that guy's hair. And I was like, I was listening to him. I didn't know talking about me. And she goes, he'll be bald before we get a degree. And I was like, oh God, please be a balding guy in front of me. And I'm looking around and there's just, I was doing like teaching. So there's no guys in yeah. there. I was like, oh, I think that's me. And Skill goes, he'll be bald before the end of the year. And they're all pissing themselves laughing. And I was like, oh God, I'm 19. Like, and I was single. They sound and great. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I reckon this girl is now dating that guy. Yeah, I remember being at a nightclub and I was chatting to a girl at the bar and I was wearing a hat because I'd always wear hats and, and um, like I am right now yeah. and um, this her friend came up and just grabbed my hat off my head and goes oh. I told I knew it I knew it oh, he's like 50 God. <laughs> I was like fucking hell yeah. so I'm telling those stories for any guys out there who are losing their hair it is it, it's not easy it fucking sucks you man. think about it all the time yeah. oh you do and any comment like that like footy clubs obviously with your mates you sort of get used to it but it is for some reason like it's one thing you can joke about it your mates can joke about it you joke about but like when you get it from a stranger like you know take your hat off or or girls say it sometimes that's when you're like oh that that one hurt Mm. that one hurt a little bit yeah Mm. Um, but yeah it's funny isn't it like once you take that like now that I've done this I'm just like I feel so much better about it like just facing that yeah I suppose you guys do now great thanks I love it I've actually been as well been um, using I moisturize a lot. I love skincare. Oh, like, what do you love use? It. Um, well, it's actually stuff. Stuff skincare oh, yep. we love. Yep. So Hunter Johnson, who's at the Man Cave. Right. Yeah, yep. he's got a great um, skincare. But there's an oil I put with it, which is Bro2, which ah. is 
you know, Hames, yeah. Zoe's, um, you know, incredible go-to. partner. Yeah, the bro to go to. Right. Okay. And I put a little drop a couple of oils in it. Just, just sparks you up a bit. You just feel yeah. hard as. Yeah. So, nah, well, do you like got, it? Love it. Yeah, it's great. I actually got told by a pharmacist once, amazingly. No, it wasn't a pharmacist. It was like a young girl working. I was just buying. I can't remember what I was buying, but it was something for the kids, I think. And this, she said, do you use any skincare products? And I said, no, I don't. And she goes, yeah, you should probably think about it. <laughs> All right. How good, honestly. Okay, thanks for that. I'll just grab the nappies and uh, head off. Thanks for yeah. that. Uh, do, do you ever think about pissing off? Because you should think about it. <laughs> you should think about pissing off a little bit more. So one of the formats that we have that we do with our show, for people who have listened to The Imperfects, we have three different formats. One of them is called The Vulnerability House. Yes. Where we, we sort of enter into a bit of a vulnerability. We, we we pretend we're in like a bit of a Japanese tea house style thing. Yeah, we play this music. I love the music, and it drops it's into. Good, it? Can I play it through the microphone? Please do. Be- because yeah. there's the reason. Oh, would you? Because we've sort of done your podcast. Yeah, like which is You've really been gracious <laughs> enough to come onto your podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, oh, yeah. in, we've done your format of sort of interview and storytelling. Would you be open to doing a vulnerability house episode to, yeah. with us? Yeah, I think it'd be great. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Now uh, well, I forgot to bring. I was I was going to bring cards in because we have them on cards. We draw yep. a deck of cards, and what we do is, um, we you, you we like we give you three questions and you choose one of them. Mm-hmm. But I've got them written on my phone, so I'm going to yeah, grab okay. them. Yeah, phone. So for those who yeah. haven't heard it before, yeah, we... Yeah, um, rundown. Of- yeah, so it's essentially... Um, I can't remember who came up with the name Vulnerability House. Do you remember? Uh, Josh. No, you. Oh, did it? I? It was oh, you. my God. Yeah. <laughs> it's a great name. Yeah, it's a thanks. Great. thanks. Yeah, I guess it was me that came up with it. Anyway, <laughs> let's not. Let's move on. Yeah. Um, uh, so, so essentially the idea is that like it started with just the three of us and take it in turns. There's a deck of cards on and every card is a question which will hopefully um, prompt some sort of vulnerability, whether it be like mm-hmm. a story about your past or a struggle you've had or something something that will help you tell a vulnerable story. Mm-hmm. And we always put out three cards so you have three options. You know, we never force anyone to answer anything, but if you've got three options, then at least you can, if you want to be really vulnerable, you can, or if you don't want to be that vulnerable, you can, you can do that as well. So we've, the three of us have done it a couple of times, then we've got on a few different people to do it as, do it as well. So um, we haven't got the cards, unfortunately, yeah. but we've got them. I think Hugh's going to... We've got the bloody Roadcaster Pro. We're going to play yeah, it out yeah. of the... Okay, okay, so here's your music. Here we go. Here we, Here we go. go. Welcome to the Vulnerability House, Dylan. Mm-hmm. Feeling it. The Imperfects presents... Oh, we don't need that, do we? No, we no, do. That's fine. We do. That's fine. Yeah, we do. We definitely do. Yeah, obviously a really tight podcast. Yeah. Sit back, relax... <laughs> Grab yourself your own cup of vulnerability. Oh, tea. Do you actually drink tea when you do it as well? When we remember, yeah. 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 Good. About 50% of the time. We're not very good at remembering things. Yeah. Okay. okay. <laughs> Love it. Okay, so yeah, I've got three you, questions for you okay. again, if you feel comfortable. Okay. There's, yep. It's forced vulnerability does not count. Um, <clears throat> question number one. Well, you've already answered question number one, I think. What, uh, what is your greatest insecurity? But you yeah. might have another one you want to answer. No, yeah, that, so, would, so there, that would definitely one. be it, yeah. Okay, there's one. Okay, option. we're done. Awesome. Okay. <laughs> so you had a great app. Yeah. <laughs> Can't wait to get that one out there. Uh, question number two. Uh, vulnerability can also be a really positive share. So mm-hmm. what are you most proud of? Mm-hmm. And question number three. What experience have you grown the most from? So there are your three options. 
And again, it's not compulsory. Cool. I like the I like question two and three. I think they've probably got the same meaning of what I'll I'll talk about. Um, so, what was the question again? Um, what are you most proud of? Most proud question of? number two. Yeah, cool. Um, yeah. So for me, something I probably haven't spoken about like a lot at all, and I think it sparked on the show and even talking today to you guys about how vulnerable you've been with me. Um, I can already feel the tone of my voice change. It went, yeah. I just, yeah, it's crazy how quickly this, yeah. this happens. Yeah. But um, even Zach Butters come on the show, you know, last week as well and he spoke about his sister and what mm. they'd been through with, um, you know, addiction and those sort of things. And I was sort of sitting there the whole time, like empathising with him going, oh, you know, I can't imagine what that's like. But um, I knew exactly like what he was talking about. Um, so yeah, I thought, so it's for me, like to go back, um, at the start of this year, I had a pretty big thing happen with my old man, um, where he was like really struggling with like mental health and depression and anxiety. And, um, I suppose that was all fueled by alcohol. Um, and he's had, you know, just to put this in as well, like when we knew the podcast, I spoke to my dad before this and he was like mm-hmm. really, really keen for me to talk about it. Um, he's going really well at the moment. So it's right. awesome. And, um, yeah, I suppose he had a really bad relationship with alcohol and um, I suppose it got to like when we talk about vulnerability um, growing up it was something I always knew but it was something that I could never have those conversations about with him and I like was too you know we, we just had a surface level relationship where things just flowed and I wouldn't bring up hard things because it was too hard to talk about and, and get What age are we talking here? Like during your teenage so years? So just my whole life. I knew, yeah, okay. Yeah, like, you know, from speaking to him, he had had these troubles since he was 16. Right. So they're like, my whole life I knew that there was, it, was, it just wasn't normal. Like I knew, you know, I'd go to friends' houses and I was like, that's, you know, my dad doesn't, you know, do that. Yeah. And these sort of things. And um, yeah, I suppose it got to a bit of a pinnacle um, at the start of the year. And it was a really like weird time for my family because my mum and dad were no longer together and they're really amicable. But, you know, mum and they, they weren't living together anymore and um, my sister was just about to have a baby so she was like two weeks in for having a baby so the few things were going on with dad and I was like fuck you know like my whole life to that moment my mum had always just bailed me out of things you know like when shit's going wrong get mum to come and fix it like that's how it works and I suppose I just had like an epiphany with it and I was just like this isn't like my mum's problem anymore like you know, like it's not worked in the past. Um, it's not the way, like it hasn't fixed the problem. Um, not that, you know, by no wrongdoing of anyone, it just hasn't worked. As in your dad was still struggling with yeah, alcohol. Yeah, really struggling with it. Yeah, just really struggling. And it was just, as, as I said, something that we weren't really talking about. And um, yeah, it got to a stage for me where, you know, a few incidents like had happened and I just was like, fuck this. Like I've just got to do something. Um, so yeah, like I, you know, grabbed him and we'd had a few chats and it was really hard at the start. Like imagine mm. you know, talking to your mm. dad about this oh when you've God. like waited like 28 years to sort of say something. And like, it wasn't like a dream. It Like, I think a really good part for anyone going through this is like, it wasn't a dream scenario. Like it wasn't like, oh yeah, cool. I agree. Like let's sort this out. Mm. Yeah. Um, it took, you know, probably three weeks of like back and forwards and other things happening for me to finally, you know, get him to agree to come and see a doctor with me. How, how did you, if you don't mind me asking, how yeah. did you first, yeah, first like broach because that, that it's the first contact, which yeah. is the really scary bit. Yeah, it got to a stage where like I couldn't not do it. So like mm. just you know just got into a stage where I just had to. Um, yeah. You know I had like a few other people like calling me and sort of like 
um, you know, expressing to me that I needed to step in with things. And and as I said earlier, it wasn't something that I was always good at, like having those conversations. But um, I knew at that stage, like my sister was just about to have a baby. As I said, my mum was really supporting her. And I was like, I can't fucking let them be, you know, involved in this. And, um, yeah, so, like, you know, we we had the conversations and, and, um, and kept going with it. But, yeah, it was just like a really really um fucking just like tough time like just like having those chats because like you know you you are having like really hard conversations and you sort of feel like the world's like crashing around around you but like um i think like sometimes when you don't have a choice it's like the best because you just know you just got to get it done it's like that fight or flight Mm -hmm. and you just like fuck yeah this is like i've got to do this Mm -hmm. and i think one of the things that i really liked weirdly really liked out of it and I've listened to a few people of your chats and I can really relate to this is like as shit as this situation was it was like I could also almost catch myself like sometimes like driving home being like you're a fucking mad cunt like <laughs> you, you are the toughest cunt in the world yeah. like I was yeah, sort of yeah, like yeah, yeah. talking to myself just being like you are seriously like yeah. something special like how are you doing this yeah, like yeah, yeah. how are you yeah, you know just how do you rock legends. up like oh, there was yeah. just like this inner monologue like coming in like talking to myself about it, it. And I, I relate to that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um i suppose like yeah the 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 thing as i said before about my, my dad's relationship we'd never really spoken about these things and you know the hardest point for me was like dropping him off at um the the rehabilitation clinic wow and I remember it's just like, just sitting there and just like crying together, just like. Because then you, you both were. You and yeah. your dad. Wow. And I've never seen my dad cry, like ever. Really? And it's funny because like, in a such a shit time, it was almost like the best time. Yep. Real. And also the fact like, at this stage as well, no one else knew what was going on. So like, my mum and sister had no idea. Because mm. like, my sister, like we would go from like, visiting Jess in hospital and then like dropping dad back at the um, clinic and and not telling them and not telling them yeah um, and not because like I that wasn't like I'm not trying to say like I was a hero or anything it was just like as I said earlier for so long I'd probably I just wanted other people to fix my problems for so long that I was like fuck I don't need like why do I need to bring other people down with me like you know, we've got it under control. I don't need other people worrying and stressing at the same time. When you, uh, when you say you, you, you want other people to solve your... Is that what you said? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. What do you mean by that? I just think like for so long when I was younger, like if I had a problem, mm. I think I'd put my problem on someone else mm. and be like, come on, make me feel better about this. Oh, like, sure. you know, like, yeah, make, yeah, yeah. come on, make me feel like it's not my well, fault. you said before you know? your mum would sort yeah, out a lot she, of Yeah, mum would always come and be like, oh, it's not your fault. You know, like yeah. we can fix this, we can do this. Yeah, gotcha. But yeah, I suppose it just got to the, the point where I was just like, we have to do this and we did it. And yeah, that, that moment I spoke about earlier was like, was fucking massive. Like for me, um, just in terms of, and, and us, sorry, in like our relationship. And it's just funny, like in such a fucking shit hard time, like it's nearly like my favourite time because mm. like, it was for like the first time we'd been like fully um, connected with it. And yeah, like I just, I think like, you know, my dad and my relationship's been like so good, you know, since like, you know, he's six months clean. We've never been closer. We've never been more vulnerable. Um, wow. And yeah, like it's I've just, I think for so long, I just put off that chat for like that long. 
and to not have it there anymore and just be open and people know about it. And like, that's probably why I want to talk about it today because it's just sometimes when people know your, ins- your vulnerabilities and your insecurities, insecurity just makes it so much easier. You're just like, so oh, much. fuck, I don't have to talk about that. Any- like, I don't have to hide that anymore. Yeah. Hold on to it. Yeah. Um, yeah, you don't have to pretend yeah. like you don't know what someone's talking about when yeah. they bring it up. And you can, yeah. Context of my dad as well, like, you know, he's a three-time premiership player, like very public image. Like he's one of the best people to ever bear. And he is, like he's the best, most beautiful person in the world. But obviously I had a trouble with, you know, mental health and drinking. So like for me, people would always be like, oh, dad's the best. You know, he's so good. Um, but I knew that there was other struggles that they didn't know about. Mm. So it was really conflicting for me because like... Sorry, who's your dad? My dad with Jim Buckley. So he used to play okay. yeah, for Carlton. Okay, right. And um, not Nathan. I was thinking, I was no, like, hang on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what, what have I missed? This is quite yeah. a yeah. big thing. Yeah. 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 And, and I missed um, Nathan Buckley's three premierships. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Not, not him. Mm. So it was like going through that, I suppose, um, with those bits. But yeah, like seeing how he's done what he's done now like i'm just so proud of him like Amazing. it's just unbelievable so and he must yeah. be pretty proud of you mm. i would think Ooh. yeah 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 i mean there's like a there's a there's a role reversal that happens mm. at some point there where it's oh, like, i was his dad pretty much yeah mm. yeah yeah You're looking after the guy who you always wanted to look after you yeah because our dads are just like on this pedestal of like, you don't, the dynamic is you don't really challenge your dad or your parents. Yeah. You don't really challenge them on anything. No. But mm. obviously it feels like you got to a point where you're like, I'm an adult. Yeah. Yeah. And it was, it was really like, that's why that, that weird relationship it was bittersweet because a part of me, I was like, fuck yeah, like you've grown up and you've finally taken charge because there's so many times things that in my life, like separate to this and just other things that. I'd probably needed to step up to the plate and just, just failed at. Like mm. I just hadn't hadn't taken control of and been like, oh, fuck it next time, you know. Like, mm-hmm. you know, mm. could have worked harder here, but I didn't. Mm-hmm. You know, little things like that. But this was the first time where it was like, actually the, one of the biggest issues I'd been through, but I'd actually stood up to it. And I was like, this is sick. Mm. Fucking amazing. Um, yeah, incredible. So, yeah, it was good. And it's funny, like, what do you say about like, you know, the, our relationship now, it's never been better. But I always remember it was so funny sometimes at like these times where we'd be talking and no one really knew what was going on and he'd like call me like asking for things and I was like you like you're my dad you know like you don't have to ask me but like he actually did so like in a way like I was sort of his like guardian yeah so um yeah it was pretty cool like you know and our relationship's so good since and even for him like I called him yesterday and I was like fuck you know I've got this podcast and I have a feeling something might come up. Do you reckon I could talk about it? And he's like, 100%, like, go for it. Wow. Really cool, which is massive for him because um, I think this has been the one that's really helped him the most because people know. Like, mm. you know, I, I learned yeah. things about him in that that time that I'd never known, like never even knew about him. Like, mm. you know, we spoke about him as a kid and, you know, things like – so I was sitting through all the, like, psych meetings and doctor meetings mm. and, um, you know, I learned, like, that he'd actually been – to try and get off the drink um, with mental health and all that, like probably 10, 15 years earlier when I was a kid and had been there for one day and then went straight back, you know, to the pub because he just mm-hmm. couldn't deal with yeah. the, yeah, yeah. you know, the emotion and, and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, it's really interesting. And I think like even like going even deeper into it, you look at like a holistic level and, you know, I see someone fortnightly like, you know, you guys do just to keep on top of my life really mm-hmm. and just learn more about myself. And I haven't realised how much, you know, his role in my life has that's why I do what I do. Wow. And it wasn't, you know, like when I talk to people and like, you know, what Hugh does, like the reason I d- did that, I think 
looking back now, wasn't necessary for me. It was like to show him that if he would listen to something that I've done, he'd know that I'd want to help him. Mm. Oh, right. Yeah. Gosh. To sort of put a beacon out there. Yeah, just like, you know, oh, Dad, I'm working with this mental health thing. Mm. But like... Like dropping hints. Yeah, just like dropping hints sort of thing. Like, yeah, yeah. look at these things I've done for him to then to be like, hopefully come. Mm. But I think, you know, fair enough, he's going through that situation. Like, sometimes you do have to be vulnerable and just do the hard, the chart. do the yeah, big hard. Mm. It's, it's a really beautiful gift you've given to your sister as well. Mm. Like a, a, a grandpa who's clean yeah. for their grandchild. Yeah. It's pretty yeah. amazing. Yeah. And yeah, even to say like with, you know, I, it's hard because I hate saying that the reality is, yes, he did have a problem with alcohol and stuff, but it was never like, I'm not making, he was the best dad in the world mm. as well. Yeah. So it's not like I didn't see it. Like he was always there. He was, you know, he's present in my life and, but just our de- dependency on that um, that was unhealthy. And that was probably the thing that hurt me the most was just like, you know, I wanted to help a lot um, with it. So it's, I mean, it's, it's potent, who knows, but it's potentially given you a relationship with him that you maybe never would have had if never. you never got into trouble. That's my mm. biggest fear that, you know, if I didn't have, if I didn't have this conversation, what would have happened? Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I, I honestly like, before it happened without, you know, being forced to happen or, you know, because you always have a choice. Like, you can always ignore it and keep going. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the best things for me that have happened are like, you know, when I got fired from my job and had to improve or, you you know, you get delisted the second time and you have to, like, look at yourself or these things that happen, you go, fuck, I have to take that option. Um, by no means am I trying to give advice here about anything, but I think it's harder sometimes when you don't have a choice, but still know that the, the reward is there. Mm-hmm. Can I, can I go back to Ryan's question he asked earlier? Just, mm. I'm just so interested in practically, cause I think a lot of people will be listening to this going, it might not be their dad, but it might be someone that mm. fuck, I've got to have this conversation. Did you like send him a message saying, can we chat later? How did you initiate it? Did you sit yeah. down and say, Oh, at dinner, just go, Oh, there's something I want to talk to you about. Or do you yeah. remember how you did that? Yeah. Um, I just got him over, um, to my house and we are just sitting down and like, you know, rather some relationships, it's quite like we have a great relationship, but it was just surface level chat. And is that normal for him to just come around and... Not really. No, I wasn't So did you message normal. him and say, can I you said, I need you to come around. Yeah, I need you to come around. I need you to come around. Yeah. So, so he, he, would have, yeah. he would have known something. Oh, even the days before, I'd sort of just been really checking on him and where, like what he was doing yeah. and, and stuff. So I was like trying to just keep tabs on, on the situation. But yeah, I just got him to come around and um, I think I just made up an excuse that I needed him to come over. Mm-hmm. I remember just sitting down and... I literally just like sort of started talking then I started crying for like really I just put it like and he was probably just like what the fuck like you know because I think for him he'd probably suppressed it for a long time um, and that's why it wasn't a one conversation like it was like a it, was, it took you know two three weeks to really um, get through that you know I was stressed about you know I was worried about him and I wanted to help and and those sort of things um because yeah, the first time like he'd be, you know he he said he's like oh I'm fine you know you know don't have to worry about mm. me you know it's just a um, just a bad period I'll I'll, I'll get right mm. sort of thing and because he definitely been off off um, before but the thing about dad was like it was probably you know he, I think hopefully it doesn't go you know he's okay with me saying like I think a lot of his mental health issues came you know he was um you know probably had depression and drank to ease the depression it wasn't like he was just drinking and was an yeah. alcoholic like obviously yeah. that's how it works. Um, but yeah, it was, 
it was that. So the conversation we had and I just said, like, I really need you to do this. I really need you. And then it actually just got to the point where I was like, nah, like, we're doing this now. Like, you don't have a fucking choice anymore. Mm. And I just, like, got pretty angry. And I was just like, we're going. How did you respond? He said, yeah, okay. Hmm. Yeah. So he, 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 he knew. Yeah, he knew. Yeah, he didn't have a choice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because then, you know, because I was keeping it, I just got to the stage where I was like, I'll fucking tell everyone else if we, we don't sort it out. Did, did you, did you like um, practice the talk in your head like before getting there and did it go anywhere mm. like you were expecting? No, I think I, I, like the first few I like just couldn't even get out yeah. really. It yeah. was pretty hard to sort of talk because it was yeah. the first time in 28 years I'd even mentioned it. Wow. So it was just like. Huge. Yeah, you sort of. You just live with it. Um, other than feeling like a fucking legend now, yeah. um, <laughs> how else do you like? How do you I feel? Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm, I was. I said fucking legend. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, other than feeling like a mad cunt, um, how, how do you feel differently? Just as separate from your relationship yeah. with your dad, yeah. like how do you feel now? Um, I have like this unwavering like thought that I know I can get through anything. Yeah, well, but, that's cool. But I'm not saying that in a way, like I say that almost not believing it, but I say it to like keep just reminding myself I can. Getting back on a list. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's on, impossible. Getting back um, on a list. <laughs> yeah. yeah I think Ninja like, Warrior? Yeah. Do you Ninja Warrior. <laughs> there's, there's definitely other things that like, you know, I'm going through at the moment or I've been through in the past. Mm. And the thing with resilience, I think, is like my funniest thing and why resilience is so hard but also so good is like these situations – like going through something like this doesn't make the next thing any easier. Mm. Like it literally, it, if anything, it might even be harder. But resilience for me, like just is, it makes me go, I got through that. I can do it again. You know, I can do it again. I can do it again. Yeah. Um, and you just start believing in yourself a lot. You're just like, fuck, like. A confidence. Yeah, it's a confidence thing. Mm. Um, and I assume also how much better it is to have done it. Yeah. Because you got, and, yeah, as you said, you've got no choice sometimes. You've got no choice. And you you know you'd comment on this better than anyone but you get to that stage that you just go like whatever comes like i'll be sweet you know like whatever happens i'll just keep going and even with that it's like i probably won't be okay when something happens so it's like mm. that's life things are gonna life's happen Sh- shit's mm. gonna happen. like there's this yeah. if, if, if i think this is one issue that's gonna arise in my life like, i'm kidding there's probably gonna be like 10 more yeah but i just know that like when other shit happens i've done it before i can mm. do it again yeah um you have, you have you you now have like the courage that maybe you didn't think yeah, you had. Yeah, and I didn't have that before because yeah. there'd been a lot of times where like on not as serious things, but even just like with footy and and life, like I'd really let myself down a bit and just like mm. probably not worked hard enough. But then like instead of being honest, I'd just been like, "We'll move on to the next thing," you know? Yeah, brush um, it under the rug. Brush it under the rug. Fuck it, do it. Mm. So this was the first one where I was just like, you know, I just had to had to hit it head on. Mm. Um, Big one to test it on. Yeah, it was good. It was a big one. Did you want to practice on something that was smaller? Yeah, yeah. No, it was a big one. Um, Do you think um, there's like a? It was just in my head. I don't know if I'll just say it. It might not make any sense. But do you reckon like the process of you're saying looking for other people to solve your problems is the way Mm. you put it, um, and that attitude you had there of like I didn't really give it a go, but. Brush aside and, and f- starting to face things is kind of the process of turning from a child to an adult. Hundred percent, definitely. Like I, I think I listened to what your show, and you were talking about earlier in your life, like you didn't have much adversity, mm. and like you grow up and 
things just go your way. So this is my, my episode, your episode of sorry, on, yeah. on the imperfects and um, not to put words, but that's what I got out of it for myself. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I had an incredible childhood. Like my parents, you know, we, we um, weren't like rich or anything like that. We actually quite the opposite, but you know, I never went without my mum. who's just a, I couldn't even talk about her cause she's just a superstar. Yeah. Just never went without anything, you know, like anything happened, she was there to fix it. Like she's just a superwoman. And yeah, until like shit started popping up in my life where I was like, well, I can't just fucking keep going mm. and like running to mum to fix something. And that, that was exactly that. Like you grow up, shit happens. Like, you know, you know I got fired three times in like a year, two years basically. Um, and maybe the first time it's not you, but three times in a row, it's probably got something to do with you, <laughs> um, which you've got to look internally. Yeah. And yeah, with these situations here, you just, you actually like, I know this sounds weird and I hate even saying, it cause I don't want bad shit to happen to me, but you actually get addicted to like adversity cause you know how much you grow from it. Oh yeah. I don't I know if that, that. mate. Yeah. I like love I love so sometimes like when I'm going through shit now, I'm like, fuck this sucks, but I'm going to be so much better for it. Yeah. Um, so I just try and, yeah, like my favorite sort of quote is just like, it's not what happens, it's how I react to it. Mm. And I just use that in everyday life. Like mm. even good things, bad things, whatever happens, it's what I do next mm. is the next thing. Um, it's the only thing you can control. It's the only thing mm. I can control. Yeah. And uh, I think it's just, you know, that's what's really makes me be able to be happy and live through things. But yeah, there is a weird part of me that like, Gets off on it a bit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like, I don't know. It's yeah. just fucking, you know, I listen, again, we keep referring, you've got to listen to every podcast we're talking about, Martin, yeah. Martin's podcast, and, and is my story nothing like his, but he, you know, he went through something incredibly um, bad. But if you can, like, use it in a good way, um, which is a common theme, you actually end up using it as a positive. Mm. Um, I think um, the shame over, shame over things that have happened to us and, and situations where we feel like we haven't responded responded properly or like um maybe a sense of guilt when people were saying you got to step in and you hadn't stepped Mm. in yet i kind of feel like that linked to that idea of what i said before about child to adult is like an inherent idea that you were just a kid and we were just kids when we're working all that stuff out even if you are 26 or something Mm. 27 you're still if you're still reacting like that part of you still a kid and i think we all i know for myself uh, you got to treat yourself with the care that you treat kids. Mm. Like, have a bit of um, forgiveness of yourself and give yourself a break for not for losing how many jobs in a year or mm. whatever these things in the past, because you you're still a kid working it out. Um, and it's it's moments like what you've done that when you be, become an adult. I don't know. I just sounded like a total wanker then. No, no, no. That's, no I get it. It's, I, it's, I, um, yeah, it sounded way too preachy in the end. But yeah. I think just a little bit more compassion for ourselves along yeah. the journey is probably mm. what's required. It's one of the steps of dealing with like looking back over your shame and being okay with it is like is um, is empathising with that version of yourself. So in the in I only bring it up because in the book that I just finished, mm. I wrote a bit about the so, shame I felt crude, about crude time to. Plug your book. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even mention the book. Go on, mate. Go on, mate. Pre-order now. Yeah, so it's available. To us. <laughs> T-shirts as well. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry. Um, uh, so I don't need to mention the book, but there's a in, in my life, I, I have felt for a long time, which Josh will know about, 
or may not know about, but it's about to read about, is just shame I felt about when our sister got really sick. Yeah. I was 18. Mm-hmm. I just got my driver's license, had a girlfriend for the first time, and I wasn't around a lot when my sister was really sick. And I've always felt like not what I did was bad, but like I'm a bad person because of that. Mm. I'm such a bad person. And I've, all, I've told myself that for ages, it's so, so bad that you did that. But then, in, and the reason I mentioned the book was because I was just researching things you do with shame. One of them is you empathize with that version of yourself. I'm like, hang on a minute, I was an 18-year-old. Like, mm. I had a driver's license and I had a girlfriend for the first time. Like, why, of course I'd want to be at her house or, like, going drunk, doing whatever, like, going out with mates or, like, it wasn't, I wasn't a bad person. I just wanted to the, – the, the two options were pretty dark at our house at that time, sister's really sick, or – having a driver's license and going really cool places like all 18, 19 year olds. Yeah, and you're 18. Yeah, exactly. Mm. But I for ages have said to myself, you're such a bad person because you're kind of abandoning your sister. But actually looking at whatever you went through, whatever was difficult when you're young, anything you feel bad about and going, hang on a minute, let's actually like, it makes sense why I did that. Like that's, that that, I understand why an 18 year old Hugh did that. Mm. Now I'd probably go, you've you've got the rest of your life to to go and do fun stuff, but maybe now it's best to stick around a bit. But when you're 18, like, yeah. and I forgive myself for that. Like, so it's a good thing to do to look back over your life and the stuff that you feel bad about, like you can empathize with yourself a bit and just explore a bit and go, of course it makes, well, well, that's why I did that. Yeah. As long as you, you're not a shitty person, as long as you decide to grow from it and mm, go, yeah. well, yeah. that's what I learned. And I, I, if this comes up again, I'm going to try not to make that mistake again. For sure. Essentially. I like, this is probably from your book, um, but one of my favorite sort of, quotes like that is is basically that you you know if your best mate was going through something like how mm. would you treat them yeah mm. and then if you were going through the same situation how would you treat yourself mm. so just like be your own best friend like in a situation like you're going through imagine it's your mate what would you say to them yeah and the op- what you say to yourself is completely different yeah, yeah you, you often you berate just, yourself yeah you berate yeah, you're yourself a fucking idiot, where mate. if it was your mate you'd be like mate you'll get through this that's yeah, awesome yeah, yeah. and you're like yeah, yeah. how fucking weird's that like yeah. why am I my own enemy it's weird <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah it's a whole new meaning of the name of your show yeah Dylan friends Dylan my friends yeah, <laughs> Dylan it's me. just one <laughs> Dylan <laughs> it's all me. yeah I'm my only friend <laughs> well you've abs- that's just a wow. thank you for sharing yeah. that mate thank you unbelievably powerful how do you feel now I feel fucking light Great. Awesome. Yeah, I'm doing awesome. a lot of running at the moment too. So maybe that's, <laughs> maybe that's it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think that's it. No, I appreciate it. Guys. Thank you, Dill. That's no, really incredible. Beautiful. Yeah. Amazing. Thank you. You've really um, just, yeah. Well, Gosh. No, all good. Um, I don't know what to say. Like, I just, one of the things that we've learned through this process is that when someone shares something, the first thing you want to do is to try and help solve the problem yeah. for them. And, but it's actually not the best thing to do. It's just to, to, just to listen and validate the way they feel. And yep. I think all we can say from our podcast and also our community, a lot of people who, who listen, just like um, you, and I, I don't want this to sound patronizing, but fuck, you should be so proud of yourself. I appreciate You really that. should be. It's, Thank it's, you. Um, yeah. And it's just incredible. Thank you, boys. No, can, I really appreciate can it. Can I suggest um, <laughs> something for your podcast? <laughs> yeah. Um, that uh, you and you kick it off. Yeah, you, you take off. You're the first one. Um, of uh, you can give whether you call it an award or whatever, but it's like people who have done something and they're proud of themselves. You could start handing out Mad Cunt awards. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mad Cunt of the week. How good's a Mad Cunt? Like it's, <laughs> and I feel like when you can't really use the word Mad Cunt a lot. But when yeah. you're being vulnerable, Jeez, you, you can. Well. No, yeah. but you can. Yeah. Like, cause yeah. it's an, I wasn't actually... So, by the way, I wasn't saying Mad Cunt. 
my internal brain was saying magnets. Uh, it wasn't yeah. actually me that was saying it. So you don't you don't <laughs> yeah. beep your internal thoughts. No, yeah. they have no yeah. feel. It's not me. I'll be yeah. fascinated thought. to know how you beep those two sentences. No, they, like one of them is. We don't beep. Dude, just to so I'm picturing like a school, like primary school award, like those like, yeah. with frilly like mad cunt. Oh, oh like, nice. Just, I was thinking trophy. Yeah. Oh, trophy. Yeah. 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 They should yeah. rather like trophy. A, like a pennant thing. Are you thinking? Yeah. Just just those certificates you used to get. Just a piece of paper that you get assembly for like. I think like non swearing in pot. It's like it's not authentic i don't i can't not swear it feels like i'm not yeah my uh, you know my vocab isn't as well good I, the as reason I, I love you said that is yeah. because like some of your listeners might have listened to brené brown before and gone oh, yeah, i think i know what she's meaning about speak your authentic truth but like people listening will go oh yeah mad cunt yeah i know that yeah i'm in that i'm brené brown's gonna yeah. start saying it well, i totally relate <laughs> yeah. to that but, yeah. but that's but do you know what i mean yeah. like you've got to say it in a relatable yeah. way like, yeah. like yeah. speak your authentic authentic truth i go oh i guess i get that I really get that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. you, you know what you feel like when you yeah. are a man. Yeah, and you yeah. can say yeah. it to yourself in your car. And you, yeah. when you've been through something really difficult and you got through it, I would much prefer to say, I'm a mad cunt, than I just spoke my, my, my authentic truth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, yeah. that to yeah. me. So, yeah. Hey, if that's I think the message like, today, be yeah. a mad cunt. <laughs> yeah. 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 What's next for you guys? What's plans? For me, What's goals? it's doing like, a wee. I am busting. Yeah, okay, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I've got two yeah. toilets here. Yeah. Great. And after that, we haven't got anything planned after that wee. But we... <laughs> that's it. For the podcast, we're like, oh, again, he's plugging his book again, but it's, that's, no, 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 that's no, coming no, out. No, no, the the book, book's yeah. coming out. The so book. you can burn the... So you heard it from Hugh. Burn the old book. That's yeah. no longer relevant. Bullshit. Get, must get, get the, the new one. Get the new one. Josh will have an album coming out shortly. You should... Hey, not telling you what to do, but if you wanted to, you should play a live gig that would be cool oh, that is vulnerability yeah. live show and call it unperfect oh. <laughs> yeah. and do, have to use these have to use yeah, you have to lyrics. use those lyrics. slam poetry <laughs> slam poetry <laughs> and we'll and we can support it's fancy dress yeah <laughs> it'll be um, Josh Van Kylenberg and the Mad Cunts <laughs> <laughs> I'd go and see that show oh, uh, well Dill thanks so much Mate, for having thank us you. Thank, thank you thank you so much in your beautiful space that I yeah. want to copy yeah, you yeah. can. Yeah. You're welcome anytime. We'll um, yeah, we'll definitely catch up. We're all sort of northsiders. Yep. yep. Yeah. yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah, we'll go. He's to... extremely southside, but um, you would. Well, no, as in like country. Oh. Yeah, I'm I'm down like sort of South Gippsland. He's a mad country boy. Are you really? Well, really I have been doing? since. Oh, you March, could, yeah, you've last year. Yeah, that's smart. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah cool. Yeah, yeah awesome. Um, we'll, we'll do that. And also, yeah. if he's if he's listening to this, just Daniel Gorringe, I'm just a huge fan. Yeah, hi Daniel. He sits there and does weird. Yeah, I've been shit. looking at his. He's the weirdest man alive. Oh, he's the best. It. You know, he has one million TikTok followers now. I thought you say one million dollars for some. One million. <laughs> well, well, you might have that too. One million people on TikTok. Um, that, I mean, that's a great effort, but it doesn't surprise me. Do you know Daniel Gorringe? He's, he's know, also he would put himself in the list clogger category of yeah. like. Um, Played AFL football and yes. sometimes got went through a couple of games where he didn't get a possession. Yep. Yep. One of the oh, he's you would love him, Ryan. Yeah. Oh, Josh, you would as well. But his his stuff is quite similar to yours. Oh, in, a, in awesome. an authentic, I've never. Them. This is a very forty year old thing to say. I've never looked at TikTok. Neither yeah, I. Mean, oh, right. don't. I don't. You want will to. get addicted to it. I'm like, sure it I will. is. It yeah. is honestly an addiction. Mm. I think it. Yeah, it's pretty yeah, scary. No, I'm I'm pretty keen never to look at it. Good. Yeah. Hey, do you guys play golf? Uh, Very bad. Uh, okay, well, let's go play one day. Yeah, same. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much, boys. Honestly, fuck, it's been incredible. Hopefully, we can do it again one day. Please. And um, just for everyone who to, to know, we, we're going to hug when the microphone. Oh, I can't wait to yeah, no, no, give you a big yeah. hug. Let's make You've it been amazing. Sure. Yeah. 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 Sure. yeah. Okay. Awesome. <laughs> you, you're not. Are you joking? No, I'm, I'm not. <laughs> no, 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 I don't think we should. <laughs> 
If that wasn't enough for you and you want even more, you're in luck. Dylan Friends is now on Patreon. Dylan Best Friends. If you'd like to learn more, you can head to patreon.com forward slash Dylan Friends, or you can head to the link in the show notes. Thanks for listening to the Dylan Friends podcast. If you like the show, it'd be a massive help if you could like, follow, rate, leave a review, or even share with your friends. The show is produced by myself and Sam Bonza. Damon Jackman from Creative Edge Films is responsible for audio and visual production. The show is recorded at the Dylan Friends studio in Melbourne, Australia. If you'd like to get in touch or suggest a guest or advertise with the Dylan Friends podcast, please email us at inquiries at dylanfriends.com. Thanks so much for tuning in.